Welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Andy, Don, and Dude. Howdy, y'all. It's Dude. This is the Album Nerds Podcast. I got Andy and Don with me. How you fellers doing on this uh, this beautiful country day? Doing great. Doing great, buddy. It's, uh, it's a beautiful day out here in the country. How about you, Don? Uh, I'm I'm good, but I, uh, I got a little dirt on my boots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. All right, so this is the Album Nerds Podcast. We love talking about albums and the album format. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about country albums from the 2010s. And uh, we've got a great show for you. We're going to first go into our listening week. What were the things that we considered? What was our process? Then we'll get to our actual album selections. And then we're going to answer a question loosely related to today's topic. And then we're going to spin the wheel of musical destiny to find out what we'll talk about on the next show. But this week, we got to get those boots dirty and get into some country. talking about in the 2010s country music continued to thrive as a genre and radio format it began to increasingly sound more like modern pop music with simple and repetitive lyrics more electronic based instrumentation and experimentation with talk singing and rap pop country pulled further away from the traditional sounds of country music the influence of rock music became overt as well and the format produced and supported major recording stars. The top of the country charts included a large variety of artists, including Zach Brown Band, Blake Shelton, Luke Bryan, Lady A, Chris Stapleton, and Taylor Swift. And today, each of us will present an album from Billboard's staff list of the 25 best country albums of the 2010s. There was a lot of crazy stuff on here, a lot of things I'd already heard and was somewhat familiar with. Uh, how'd you guys do? Well, yeah, there was a lot I was uh, unfamiliar with, so I tried to listen to the majority of the list. I'll toss out a few things I found interesting. Brothers Osborne, the record Pawn Shop from back in 2016, was pretty fun. Some cool, like, stripped down, kind of not quite red dirt country, but in that space, mm -hmm. perhaps. Artist I was not familiar with by the name of Tanya Tucker. She put out a Ooh. record called uh, Well yeah. I'm Living. It was, it was really good. And I listened to Taylor Swift's record. I guess I remember earlier music was a little bit more pop country. Her record from 2010, Speak Now, was on this list. It wasn't too bad. I hadn't heard that one. Is that the one with Why You Gotta Be So Mean? Yep. Actually, it is that one. Bunch of big hits on that record, actually. So yeah, there's a wide variety of stuff on here I wasn't necessarily expecting for country music. I have some uh, country music fans in my household, so I was actually familiar with uh, several of these records. Luke Bryan's Crash My Party from 2013, Blake Shelton, based on a true story, uh, was also from that same year, and Lady A, Need You Now from 2010. But yeah, I, uh, I chose another big artist from that decade. Yeah, during this period, my wife was for the first time really in her life, really exploring country music and listening to country radio. So I did hear a lot of this, uh, some of which we actually have in our collection, Thomas Rhett, Tangled Up. I listened to that one. But uh, what I really wanted to do was the number one on this list was Chris Stapleton, uh, Traveler from 2015. But we had talked about that in the past and that was just too easy. I wanted to challenge myself a little bit here. Uh, I also wanted to do the Pistol Annies, which I've been wanting to talk about for a while, featuring Miranda Lambert. But uh, again, I wanted to challenge myself, so uh, made some different choices. So why don't we get into it? You choo-choo choose me? Can she 
songs that have substance. The ultimate goal for me is to have something, you know, that somebody can sing along to, but that also has, you know, some meat on his bones, I guess. All right, for my selection here, we're talking about Casey Musgraves and her album Golden Hour. This was number three on the Billboard 2010's country list. The fourth studio album for the singer-songwriter from Golden, Texas. The album won a couple Grammys. We are going to play second single. This is a little bit of Butterflies. If ever there was a song that made me want to stand out in a field and spin in circles, <laughs> you know, like a cornfield or something, it's it's that song. Yeah. This record does kind of feel like being outside on a nice, warm, like, summery day, especially in the, maybe the Midwest. The three words I use to describe this album are warm and fuzzy Texas. She's actually from the town of Golden, Texas. Yeah. Uh, the record is, like, super soft and warm and, like, plush and fuzzy sounding, which I think is nice, or at least stands in stark contrast to a lot of the, the country music that you might expect to hear, especially coming out of Texas. Lyrically, she's, like, very honest and direct, and there's really no humor or, like, you know, twist of phrasing like you might typically expect to get, like, in a country album. Right. Everything is, like, very just face value here. The focus is more on, like, the the melodies and just kind of like the beautiful production and, and you know how her voice kind of like sits in this this soft mix that they've created on this album yeah so i mean i heard this record when it came out I'm, i consider myself a fan of her i've enjoyed a few of her records i think this is probably her best it's not a perfect record but i think the beginning and the end are both pretty solid it's it's, pr- it's pretty close in in terms of like she's carved out this space for herself so she defines if it's a perfect record or not, you know what I mean? It's just such a unique space in uh, pop country. Yeah, she's kind of created her own sound. Yeah, so at the time, she had just come to the end of a marriage. She got, was in a new relationship, and she was you know, kind of blowing up in terms of her music career at this point. So that's the main focus of this record seems to be on just kind of new and exciting things. Yeah. Oh, one other interesting note I'll mention here, too, before we get to the next track. One of these songs, actually, the one we're going to play here, Slow Burn, supposedly she wrote these songs well on LSD, which I thought was pretty interesting for a country artist. You don't usually hear psychedelics mixed in with, with this genre. Um, so let's hear a little bit of that now. This is Slow Burn. Yeah, I made sure I listened to it uh, on LSD. Oh, <laughs> um, so that's the that's the opening cut of the, of the record. Uh, I, I think it's actually maybe a good way to kind of describe the album. I, I think the album is kind of like a, a slow burn, you know. Um, maybe just because that there's just a, a really mellow treatment, you know, and so it's just kind of like the slow, you know, journey through this kind of comfortable and uh, intimate space. The uh, the three words I, I chose to describe the album actually are youthful old soul. Uh, I think even in that song there, she says something about uh, being an, an old soul. And yet she does have like this very youthful voice. I think she's like 30 when, when she recorded this this song, but she sounds, you know, like 16 or, or something. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like this youth youthful voice that seems to have, uh, you know, some some wisdom behind it. So I, I like that. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a pleasant record. 
the treatment is is relatively simple and it's about the the songwriting you know like you said it, it's more literal lyrically but it's uh, you know it it has some some hooks and and it's it's catchy it's a it's a nice little record also at times i i found myself thinking of taylor swift maybe just vocally or something and and sort of that that youthful delivery mm-hmm. um, but i just i prefer this <laughs> so so much more <laughs> yeah yeah no it's funny you say that man because i really i was like singing the second track lonely weekend in my head over the weekend <laughs> yeah. I, I really thought it was a taylor swift song when i was yeah. singing but it was yeah, yeah there's there's definitely some similarities yeah i, I think there's similar age range and and stuff but and I, both very honest about their own lives right. you know, like in this record casey's talking about her sister and how she misses her and a co- you know, on a couple of songs so they have that in common for sure but yeah musically this is more interesting to me than things that i've heard anyway of taylor swift yet but you never you know with her you never know what's next so right. eventually she'll probably hit something like this all right let's play another track from the record this is in the middle I believe it was released as a single. It's called Space Cowboy. Some people call me the Space Cowboy. <laughs> yeah. We knew that was coming. Yeah, we had our day in the sun when a horse wants to ride in the rain. No sense in closing the gate. You can have your space. Cowboy. Because that space. I love this. You put the space between the space and the cowboy. And using that title is is smart, too, because you go in with a completely different thought. So the first time you hear it and she's like, you can have your space cowboy, you're like, oh, I get it. Okay, we're talking something different here. But it is also spacey. You know, there's Mm -hmm. that in the middle, the the, like a... musical breakdown is very spacious and and night skyish and yeah it's a big sounding record it, i mean to me it yeah. sounds like texas just like it's expansive with yeah. with very few uh descriptive details the music paints that picture like it, it's one of those that is very vivid in your imagination as you're listening to the record Oddly, it um, you know we've we've talked about Klaatu on a couple of oh my you know, gosh about them. <laughs> my Klaatu more than Pink Floyd lately, man. What's going on? <laughs> no kidding. But you know, it was this this kind of spaciness and and, and psychedelia almost a little bit woven in. But it was uh, oh what a world that intro. Oh yeah, a little vocoder. There. I mean, that's an, a very that's a very unusual thing to do on a record like this. Yeah. And uh, it just it got me thinking about the about about that record again. So it's just it's weird how things all, this this show and what we've done here, how all these things are more interwoven than one would really. Uh, what have expect. we done here, really? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The, the three words I used to describe this album were on another plane. It's simple yet complex. The plains of the West, the plains of existence, it's like beautiful and lilting. It's poppy, but it's more than that. And it's just, like I said, really engaging. And it's one of those I got to listen again when it's over. It's like I want to feel like like I'm floating below uh, beautiful night skies and above uh, wheat fields. It just nails it with just setting a, a stage somehow. Good stuff. Sounds like you were on LSD too. <laughs> That's about as close as I'll ever get is uh, letting music take me on trips. There you go. And that's when to grow on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's Casey Musgraves. 
golden hour. I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. If you're enjoying the show, and we hope you are, do us a solid and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Maybe we made you laugh or you discovered an album you enjoy. Leaving a review keeps the show going and helps other music fans find us. And this woman came over and sort of grabbed my guitar and was, you know, waving and everything. And I'm like, fine, you know, and, and I keep moving through the crowd. And I noticed that she's just like tagging along with me and she's latched onto my guitar. And I look down, she's got this top that I've snagged in my guitar. <laughs> All right, so um, my pick from the top 25 is number 12, actually. Keith Urban's Ripcord from May 2016. This is the ninth studio album by the country singer and guitarist, uh, born Keith Lionel Urban, actually spelled differently, uh, U-R-B-A-H-N. Uh, he was born in New Zealand, but grew up in, in Australia. Uh, let's hear the cut, Getting in the Way. Oh, I think I see Don dancing there. I think he's a true urbanite. <laughs> so, uh, Getting in the Way was uh, written by Emily Weisband, Jordan Reynolds, and David Hodges. It's kind of a typical romantic Keith Urban song, but with updated sounds. Uh, so, in, in recent history, in terms of the songs, you know, he's he's true to form. You know, generally just, just poppy, romantic records. But he keeps, um, you know, incorporating more modern sounds. I believe there's a, a drum machine on that track, which, which he's done uh, a lot lately. Also, some banjo in there. Um, so he does play the banjo, although I think I think he plays the like the six string banjo that's tuned exactly like a guitar. Yeah. You know, this guy needs to work a little didgeridoo yeah. up in here. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, because you know he's got that Aussie. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Represent. Uh, so the three words I, I chose to <laughs> describe the album are uh, a killer crossover. So I mean, I I do think you know Keith Urban really you know just has been the. the the king of kind of crossover country. And he's always just been an, an interesting character, I think, in the world of country music, because he's not like the other country stars. Mm-mm. You know, none of the typical male country character cliches. You know, th- there was no cowboy hat. And then I know they all ditched the cowboy hat and do the baseball cap now. Doesn't do that either. Well, he's got that, that beautiful got, quaff. Yeah. You know, he can't hide the hair. Got to show off that mane. He's more like a Bon Jovi type thing, or yeah. you know, like he's he's he, he's a pretty boy, and yeah. you know, I think most male country artists are kind of macho, beer drinking, hunting dudes, and he's not that at all, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they hunt, and and their dudes right, are not right. hunting dudes. Right. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, the greatest prey, yeah. humans. <laughs> <laughs> and also vocally, you know, he's always I, I've always thought he sounded a bit like Kenny Loggins and kind of more like that yeah. style singing than like a like a Travis Tritt. Just wait on his next album. He'll have a cover of Danger Zone. <laughs> so, so, yeah, his his songs are almost always, you know, romantic uh, in, in nature. I've actually I mean, I've seen him live several times and he's actually, a you know, a, a phenomenal guitarist. You know, if we ever do like a, a Country Shredders uh, episode, I mean, he, he might be a candidate, although he doesn't tend to showcase it all that much. 
on record. Oh, right, if it's not on the records, yeah, which is which is unfortunate. But I, you know, I just think he's a he's a talented musician, and he's a great curator of songs, and he, he writes many of his own songs. But he just seems to always be you know chasing hits and and keeping up with with the charts, and I think pandering to to a female audience. But I I, I do think there are some good tracks on this this album. Uh, let's hear another one. Here is Blue Ain't Your Color. Looks good on that neon buzzing on the wall, but darling, it don't match your eyes. Now, I don't know if it's the Australian accent or if he puts a little little mustard on there to get a little twang, but uh, even though this song does sound kind of musically canned a little bit for you know the the beat and stuff, it still evokes some real feeling, and I think that's what I why I gravitate towards this song. I I really liked this single when it was out. Like it's just pretty, mm-hmm. you know, and his voice is perfect for it, and the video for it is great, where he's in this bar singing on a stage and it's like black and white and it's empty except for this this woman that he's singing to that you know he's basically saying you know being sad is not your look watch me uh, shake my mane around and play a little guitar for you you won't be blue anymore <laughs> the three words i used to describe this album is goo goo country it's a baby country no. <laughs> what are you talking about? maybe it's just the goo goo dolls haircut but it's kind of like that's what it reminds me of 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 the country world so uh. the goo goo dolls have unashamedly they're rockers but they unashamedly kind of embraced the ballad embraced the more adult contemporary world and it and it it did great for them and they continue to have success and i think the same for for this guy he kind of did the same thing where this is this is not quite country it's more adult contemporary but he straddles that line, keeps uh, an audience from both worlds. Like, I feel like I could hear this song on the same station that I could hear Iris, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I'm not m- mocking either one for comparing the two. That's just how it, it feels to me. Yeah, I mean, the album itself, the rap moments and stuff just shake me out of it. Personally, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't sound natural to me. You didn't like the Pitbull feature? Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> Is that who that was? Yeah. <laughs> No, I think it's just for the sake of it. I it feel some of these songs feel like they're there to check boxes mm. rather than to be a part of a, a full picture, right? Cash and checks, more like it. Yeah, and so and and that's fine. And and like I said, I really enjoy that song. And then there's the John Cougar, John Deere, John three sixteen song, which also, even though I think is corny and pandering. I still can't help but sing along and tap my foot to it. Like it's infectious and I enjoy it, but I don't want to, um, you know, and uh, sometimes begrudgingly you're like, damn it, I can't, I can't help but enjoy that song. So uh, he's really good at that. Yeah. I like what you said about checking boxes because, you know, so it does have the, the song where he's, you know, trying to, to do hip hop that, that actually featured, uh, Nile Rogers as well. Nile Rogers and, and Pitbull. Uh, of course. So you've got that, that kind of funky, um, hip hoppy song. Um, you've got a duet with Carrie Underwood. That one I did not like. Yeah. I don't care for that one either. Yeah. I thought that was one of the worst ones. <laughs> I think it was probably auto tuning. I don't like the vocal effects there. Like I think Carrie Underwood's voice gets ruined 
ruined by whatever they applied to it. If I get scared, yeah. it just doesn't sound natural. And, and that's one of the things that I don't like in some of this period of country is the unnatural vocals. Keith's voice too, throughout their whole record, mm-hmm. just sounds so pristine. Like his voice, I thought, if I didn't know how old he was, I would have thought he was like 25 or something by the, the sound of his voice on this record. Another box we can check is the, well, I had mentioned that, you know, he doesn't do a lot of the cliches, but you do have the boy gets a truck song, which, you know, sort of fits that, you know. The, yeah. Well, the John Cougar thing is a, is a country cliche yeah. now. Although, like, getting back to the one line I really like in that is backseat freedom. Because mm-hmm. as a kid, when we, I didn't have car seats and stuff, we just got to lay around and flop around in the backseat. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wonderful time. <laughs> Okay, well, let's uh, let's hear the opening cut. This is Gone Tomorrow, Here Today. That's such a movie, like, montage song where someone is bettering themselves, you know? <laughs> Carpe diem. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I don't know. That song definitely sets the stage, uh, you know, for the amount of country to expect on this record, I guess. Um, it reminded me a lot of like 90s pop kind of sound there, just like that that guitar sound. And I, li- I like the banjo and the drum machine was kind of cool together. I don't know. My, my three words for this album are ripping open bags of money. It's a very, very commercial sounding record to me um in general just you know very polished and you can tell like you were saying checking a lot of boxes from kind of the surrounding popular genres which is you know not a bad thing you know this i think this record has more in common with like a a pop or a dance (laughs) record than it does a country album um there are some country themes as we discussed but there's not really there's no country feel or like twang really represented here much um i didn't really connect with it much personally but i feel you know i'm sure it's done well for him oh it's huge yeah i mean these songs were all over country radio yeah so i mean that feels like that's what it was designed for and if it was successful then it was a success so yeah i mean i i I don't hold anything against him it's not for me at all he's got nice blue eyes he does that was my biggest takeaway i guess (laughs) okay that was keith urban with ripcord Excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. All right, it's time to go deep with Don. Wait, that's not what we're calling the segment, is it? <laughs> no. I mean, is it a football segment? <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. I'd go with it, it's, it's your segment. Uh, anyway, so it's time to, to ask a question. So, you know, I don't think any of us really grew up as, as country fans. But we all, I think, at least have some appreciation for the, the genre now. Um, what was the first country record, the first country song that um, maybe excited you? <laughs> well, excite might be a, a bit of a stretch for me, but I I do remember very clearly watching uh, America's Funny Time Videos, which will nice. take this memory quite a bit. And there was a segment where they all, the whole audience like broke out to do the icky breaky heart dance, the shuffle, or I forget what it was called. <laughs> And I was like, what the hell is going I've never seen line dancing. I didn't really know country music that well at this point. And I was like, this is on Friday night television or something. <laughs> 
Billy Ray Cyrus. There you go. Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. So I mean, that song was definitely in the zeitgeist uh, at the time, and I guess I appreciated that. My dad purchased that album, and they, my parents played "Achy Breaky Heart" and danced around to it. They didn't line dance, thank God. But uh, <laughs> I found that song quite horrible at the time. But then my parents made the terrible choice to purchase a karaoke machine oh, for my, my sister who's oh. quite a bit younger than me and they kept singing achy breaky heart to try and get her to use it and it was <laughs> beastly <laughs> beastly yes. yeah well i you know throughout my childhood and you know into my teen years i you know had a pretty deep hatred for country music yeah that used to be the like what kind of music you like <laughs> Everything but country yeah. was pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty common answer to that question. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I, my sister actually brought home a Jimmy Buffett record, like his greatest hits, the songs you know by heart. I, I think somehow it was cool to like Jimmy Buffett, even though it's pretty much country music. But there was just like, it has that island vibe or, you know, that yeah. there, there was something about it. I think of him as the weird Al of hmm. country adjacent music. But. <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> cheeseburger in paradise. Yeah, Come on. That was, uh, but no, I, you know, songs like Margaritaville and then, um, come Monday. And then, uh, my favorite Jimmy Buffett song is a pirate looks at 40. It was just, just a really, you know, kind of moving uh, piece of songwriting. Um, so yeah, so I would say, you know, Jimmy Buffett kind of whetted my appetite for country music and I've slowly acquired a taste. Yeah. I, you know, John Denver, mm. That's right. When I was a kid, uh, he was like on the Muppets show and stuff. So I, I kind of, I liked him. I didn't, I mean, I didn't really, I wasn't into the music. You fill up my senses. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it is beautiful now, but at the time I wasn't so much about the music. It was just this guy is friends with the Muppets, so I'm down. That's true. Right. But the first song <laughs> I, I really cool. remember digging was Elvira by the Oak Ridge Boys. And it was played on, the, on pop radio. Uh, and I remember taking swimming lessons one summer early in the morning. And Elvira was playing in the mbop, bow, wow, and the giddy up and the high-o silver away. You make a couple of... Uh, Lone Ranger <laughs> references. I'm in. I was a little kid, but okay, so is it about the the Scream Queen or the Lone Ranger? I'm a little confused. I think it's just about a lady named Elvira. I don't think Elvira, the Mistress of the Dark oh. character, was a thing yet at that point. So okay. Well, what was the first country music song you loved? Let us know. Hit us on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and threads. Also on Discord, albumnerds.com slash Discord. You, know, you figure a lot of like shit out when you get punched <laughs> in the face. You know what I mean? Like you, that first time you're like, oh, that's okay. A lot of the world's problems are caused by people who've never been punched in the face before. I, I, I would argue that. I think that's very astute. That was uh, Luke Combs in a radio interview talking about when uh, in elementary school, the first time someone punched him in the face. So yeah, I went with one of the big dogs that uh, broke in the 2010s. That's Luke Combs. He was born March 2nd, 1990 in North Carolina. Did some performance in high school, was in choirs and stuff, and I guess was the star of Guys and Dolls at one point. Went to college, directionless, picked up a guitar he'd had for years at age 21 and taught himself to play, and within a few years, he was in Nashville. So the, the album is his debut, This One's For You, released June 2nd, 2017. Why don't we uh, jump in, listen to a little bit of one of the biggest singles, When It Rains It Pours. Then I want a hundred bucks on a scratch-off ticket, bought two twelve packs and a tank of gas with it. She swore they were a waste of time, all oh, but she was wrong. 
I, I think I had heard another single from this album, but that was the first one when I begrudgingly was like, I like this guy. I liked the humor. It's the same old story, right? Break up, uh, you move on. But in this case, he's partying too hard. His girlfriend drops him. And then all of a sudden, things get good for him in life. And uh, I just thought it was a funny way to talk about a, a breakup. Uh, so this was his debut album. It spent 50 weeks at number one on the top country album charts, Jeez. including tracks like Hurricane, When It Rains It Pours, One Number Away. And then uh, it was so, so big, They uh, only a year later, they released a deluxe reissue with additional tracks um, some of which became hits as well. We, we're, we're, getting, we're only talking about the original release here. The album, in three words for me, is traditional country pop. In this, in this landscape, this bro country landscape of the 2010s, and you got your, your handsome crooners like Keith Urban, Luke Combs is just a regular dude, right? He's Joe Schmo kind of guy, doesn't wear fancy clothes, has a like this really nice traditional country voice, but the music itself is kind of part of that Nashville machine for this particular record. Too many beer songs, too much production. The drum machine sounds a product of the time, me no likey. <laughs> I really love his voice. There are some good lyrical moments with some fun twists. And I feel like the bro country thing started to fizzle off a little bit because he was checking some of those boxes, but also sounded a little bit more traditional. Yeah, I enjoy the record, even though I don't want to, I do. <laughs> so why don't we jump into another track? This one's Honky Tonk Highway. Pretty fun flows are there. A little bit of swagger. Maybe the most country song on any of these albums. When a dude first picked this record, I, I thought this was, I was thinking of Luke Bryan, oh. which is, I was someone I was very fearful of listening to. <laughs> yeah, much more dance oriented, <laughs> much more poppy. So my expectations were low. Yeah, I wondered why you seemed so salty about it in our, in our chat. Oh yeah, I was concerned. I was like, please no, anything <laughs> about that one. So my three words are better than Brian. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Definitely enjoyed this, but it set the bar very low. I think this is a pretty unassuming, benign, just okay, middle of the road. You know, it has some country twang, mostly on that final cut there. But the focus is largely on his voice and the, some simple melodies and lyrics. Um, he's not, you know, it's not a very ambitious record, I wouldn't say. He doesn't really try to, you know, like a Chris Stapleton record really right. tries to veer off and do some different things. He just really sticks with who he is and, and, you know, what he knows. And I didn't find it to be that offensive or that bad. Uh, but I didn't really find a lot to love either. So just kind of middle of the road for me, but not as bad as it could have been, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's one of those things, like I said, where he's got potential, right? I feel like he's a young guy. He's only 33 right now. And uh, he's already has his fourth album out. And with each one, there are incremental improvements in my, by my taste anyway, where you lose some of the, the vocal tricks where they were doing echoes and stuff that I just thought were unnecessary. And it's a little more natural sounding. That's what I want in my country. I want natural guitar sounds, natural vocals. Realness. And he's getting there. And I just like the guy which makes it easier to enjoy the records, even if I think there are some flaws. Okay, so why don't we jump uh, to the big single, the one that broke him 
uh, in, in the country music scene. This one is Hurricane. I was doing all right, but just your side had my heart storming. The moon went high, the stars quit shining, rain was driving thunder. There's some good lines in there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's obviously I mean that's a hit hit record co-written by uh, Thomas Archer and Taylor Phillips uh, about an unexpected encounter with a former lover, which he compares to damage done by a hurricane. Uh, yeah, definitely a, a standout cut uh, on the album, and you know it's obvious why it was uh, a big hit. And what if it had been a cover of the Scorpions song oh. "Rock You Like a Hurricane"? I, would you have preferred um, that? Hmm, I don't know. That could be his next one, right? He did Tracy Chapman, then he's doing Scorpions. <laughs> Yeah. Here I am. I think you could do it. Okay, so the well, the the three words I chose to describe the album. The the album's called "This One's for You," but I'm gonna say "Not for Me." It's uh, <laughs> it, it's not that it's a it's not a bad record or an offensive record. It, it just doesn't really stand out to me, you know. I, so you know, getting back to like the male country artist cliches. So it's not the cowboy hat anymore. It's the the baseball cap and the flannel, and he's just an ordinary dude drinking beer and you know going out and watching. In SEC football or whatever, right. um, and so I, I guess I, I just kind of get bored with that character because I, I think, um, I mean, that's what country music sounds like to me, or you know, when I listen to, to country radio. For me, the difference is that I think he really is that dude. He's not that could be playing that dude, and that's I think that there's a there's a difference there with some of the other artists where it seems like it's a act. Yeah, no, I, I think I'll, I'll buy that. I mean, I, I think there's there's sincerity there. And I, I do think he has some, some songwriting chops. You know, I haven't listened to the, the latest record, although I've heard the, the cover of, of Fast Car. And, you know, I, I do think, like you said, there's, there's potential here. But, uh, you know, mostly I, I found it to be, you know, kind of just a, a boring record. Nice. This might be the most critical I've heard done in the yeah. last year and a half. I, I like know. it. You know, I guess it just feels like it's kind of typical of the genre, you know, so it yeah. didn't really stand out to me. Could it be because of the success? Like, he is like the pinnacle guy right now. Does that then put on, like your your tolerance level for mediocrity is is different because of how highly regarded he is right now I don't know I don't know if that if that plays into it or, or not but he, he just didn't really stand out to me uh, I don't know I mean it seems kind of like a Blake Shelton record although I think Blake Shelton is a is a bit more colorful hmm. so I I don't know I, and you know I, he's not in the same league as Chris Stapleton. Anyway, so, um, I mean, it, it was fine. I, I think Hurricane's a great song. When it rains, it pours. You know, again, I... I I hear the hook and, and I enjoy it. And, and I did actually honky tonk highway. It sounded almost Stevie Ray Vaughan ish. You know, you've got the, the 12 bar blues going on in there. So, mm-hmm. um, again, I mean, there's, there's things to like on the record, but just, you know, overall, um, you know, I, I was unmoved. I think for me, getting as close as far as getting like moved, Hurricane was the closest to like moving me over a few feet. So if he does more something like that, I feel like maybe there's something there to latch on to, like the, that, that bigger sound. I, I got away with you. Had something special there. I think it was. I think that was u- unique. I'm mean, not, not saying there's like nothing there, but it was very yeah. little to latch onto. But anyway, yeah, crazy week with with all these big time records. So uh, that one was this one's for you by Luke Combs. Well, this was, you know, this might not have been the most comfortable journey for us. Um, and we were forced to kind of work off of somebody else's list, um, which is probably good, right? Yeah. It probably challenged us. Um, so, uh, 
Yeah. What, what did we learn? Well, I think the biggest immediate thing to me going through all these, uh, you know, albums or the majority of them was like, I really appreciate where the females were at in the country yeah. space in 2010s a lot more than the male perspective, which kind of surprised me. It was, I mean, I, I'd never heard the term bro country before, but I definitely felt mm-hmm. like I was in bro country by the end of this week. Yeah, like Luke Luke Bryan and like Florida Georgia Line and those guys were defined bro country. Yeah, I don't like that very much. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of click tracks and stuff. It's interesting though to hear all the different genres seeping in here though. I mean, that if, I was shocked to hear how much hip hop was in country music. I didn't really think that was happening to that extent. So it's interesting. I don't know if it's necessarily super compelling. Feels like more just a combining of revenue streams more than anything. But gosh, you're cynical. <laughs> <laughs> these these big pop artists that make me very very cynical for sure yes they do yeah for me i think it was um a better experience than i expected i mean i certainly found things to dislike in some of the records and things to like as well but i i think having experienced it in this area with the country radio being what it was and is and I was hearing more of it. I was already familiar with a lot of this stuff. For me, the interesting part was digging into the records, which I hadn't done. I'd only heard the singles or was familiar with the artists, but hadn't really listened to the albums. And it reminded me that even when something is like on the surface to me, like trite or, or uh, formulaic and throwaway, these are still artists that are creative musicians and there are songs and moments in all of these records that stand out and have important things to say and great moments so i think i am a little less dismissive even of the bro country stuff just because just because you're a bro doesn't mean that's all you are and some of the songs reflect other sides it was good to get to know that yeah i mean there's a there's a lot of talented people in the you know in the country music establishment you know i think all the the artists are, are talented but then like all the the producers and the the co-writers uh, on these songs you know mm-hmm. these are just you know people these are pros you know this is at the height of that machine right and and yeah. we talked about a couple of weeks ago where that's being broken down right now uh, by artists like zach bryan and things where that machine is not the only game in town in country radio yeah. And in Nashville, so uh, batting down the hatches for some some more interesting stuff to come, and that's one to grow on. I'm your density. I mean, your destiny. <clears throat> All right, boys and girls, it is that time. Gather around and let's find out what the wheel of musical destiny has in store for us next week. Your musical destiny is to discover the latest albums from legendary artists and bands. We all change with time. Try to find the fine wine and avoid the sour grapes. Last from a legend. All right, so we'll be looking at the most recent release by legendary musicians. All right, don't forget, you can go to albumnerds.com to submit your topics for the Wheel of Musical Destiny. I'd love to hear your ideas. Um, you can also vote for any ongoing Album Nerds Hall of Fame 
nominations there as well. Okay, what's your favorite latest album from a legend? What's your favorite country album from the 2010s? Let us know. Join fellow album nerds on Discord at albumnerds.com slash Discord. You can email us at podcast at albumnerds.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Album Nerds. Also, please subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so via PayPal at albumnerds.com slash support. Thank you for joining us on the Album Nerds podcast. We'll catch you next time. It's going to be legend. Wait for it. Dairy. Thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you next week. Well, the boys around here. Drinking that ice cold <laughs> beer. Backwoods legit. Don't take no shit. Chew tobacco. Chew tobacco. Chew tobacco. Chew tobacco spit. <laughs> That's real. <laughs> That's Blake Shelton, Andy. Go check it out. Oh, boy. We didn't go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff.